Hello, welcome to Locked On Cardinals, your daily podcast covering the St. Louis Cardinals. Today being recorded at Bush Stadium. My name is Jeff Jones here with Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, good afternoon, sir. Afternoon, Jeff. How are we doing today? Uh, we are fantastic. Pretty excited to get this kicked off and going here. Here at the uh, the start of the season, the Cardinals four and six here through their first ten games. A couple of games that maybe could have been salvaged here early in the season that uh, that that perhaps didn't go the right way for a number of reasons. We'll start with last night's game, of course. We'll go through sort of where the uh, where the bullpen is at right now, where the lineup may be at right now, what those changes might look like moving down the road here over the uh, over the next few weeks. Last night's game was a 5-4 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers in 10 innings. Greg Holland making his Cardinals debut after being activated earlier in the day on Monday. Mike Myers sent down to AAA. Holland comes in in the 10th, manages to uh, to walk the first two guys, a sacrifice spot and an intentional walk later. He then walks in what ends up being the game-winning run before Bud Norris comes in to get the last two outs of the 10th inning. Brendan, in watching that game last night, uh, did you have any concerns about going to Holland in that situation and in that environment last night? What I thought was interesting from Matheny after the game, as he was asked by reporters about uh, the thought of going with Holland in a tie game at home, that's that's typically something we've seen a lot more uh, from teams' closers in recent years. I think it makes sense to go to him. I don't have any issue with that. Where I had a problem is staying with him as long as they did. When you see the guy walk the first two, it's pretty clear he's, he's struggling with control. And the Brewers give him a free out, which helped. You know, you, you get the sacrifice bunt and, and get an out where otherwise he may not have been able to do that. But then to, to walk the next guy intentionally and, and put Holland in a situation in his first game back with shortened spring, uh, all, all those things being considered, I wasn't a fan of leaving him in the game. And, and then, like you mentioned, Bud Norris was able to get the job done, but but then it was too little too late for the Cardinals because they already were trailing in that game and, and couldn't muster anything in the bottom half. So the problem I had was not going to him in the first place. It was sticking with him as long as they did. Yeah, I thought the really interesting decision point in that 10th inning last night was the choice to walk Manny Pena to load the bases for Arcia. Uh, neither Pena nor Arcia are hitting here in the early going. Pena's hitting 194, Arcia 147. And so it's not like there was a lot of danger, I guess, lurking at the bottom of that Brewers lineup. But... Uh, by walking the bases loaded, you sort of give Holland absolutely no leash. He has no room for error at that point. And for a guy who clearly was having some trouble finding his control, and it makes sense with an, you know, with an abbreviated or basically no spring training, and then coming into that game last night where it was cold, it was windy, it's an extra inning game that maybe, you know, maybe mentally he had already sort of wound down and wasn't all that ready to get into that game uh, before the 10th came up. It's an interesting spot to leave him with absolutely zero margin for error, and obviously we saw how uh, we saw how it played out because Arcia drew the four pitch walk, and that was all uh, that, that that was all she wrote for Greg Holland last night. I, I, do you think that walking the bases loaded there in order to set up that double play is a wise decision? Because at the time, as I'm watching the game, uh, once once the bunt got down, I immediately just figured, okay, they'll walk the next guy to load the bases. Is that the right decision, though? I think you could have gone at it with if you look. If you wanted to stick with Holland as the pitcher in that spot, I don't think you can. I don't think that there's any justification for walking him because you saw Holland be kind of erratic within the zone, and some of those pitches were not even close. And so, if you're if you're going to put him in a spot where, like you said, he's got no margin for error, I think you just have to go with a different pitcher. And so, to me, it's got to be one or the other, and and they kind of did both. And I think that's where. 
the Cardinals got into trouble because if you if you do want to walk them loaded, set up a double play, get yourself a chance to get out of that inning with no damage, that's fine. But you got to go to Bud Norris in that case if you do. And Matheny didn't do that, and I think that's where he that's where he went wrong last night. How much value do you think there is in sort of showing confidence in a guy like Holland? Obviously, you know, you go through spring training, there are these whispers throughout the entirety of the winter about whether or not the Cardinals need to acquire uh, a real quote-unquote closer for the back end of the bullpen. It seemed clear uh, that Matheny was sort of lobbying for that obvious solution at the back end of the game. They go out, they acquire Greg Holland, they pay him $14 million for this season to be the closer. Does it matter, do you think, in his first appearance in a home game to give him that sort of vote of confidence to let him say, okay, this is your inning until it's not anymore? Or, or is it, does that long-term value, I guess, have less importance than the individual game last night? I think it's a fair question. I, I, I think it's a fair one because when you, when you see fans, they're just going to be upset about the game lost. And maybe oftentimes the managers having to consider elements that the fan base is not probably as cognizant of. And so I do understand that you want to, you want to show confidence in your guy, but I, I do think in that spot, the win is important. You're playing a division opponent. You're playing a team that beat you last year in the standings and they, and they are, are, are on the verge now of, of taking care of you in your own home ballpark. So every win is important. And I think you just have to consider the status of the game and, and use common sense and, you know, you and I and Mike Matheny weren't the only people that should have been able to tell that Greg Holland just didn't have it last night. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in favor of being preemptive and the manager having the ability to diagnose the situation and take care of it and change it before it gets to that point of no return. And the point of no return was walking in the winning run because, sure, the Cardinals could have mustered something in the bottom half of that inning, but because of pinch running for Yadier Molina in the ninth when you had to get that run and, 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 and things happening. You don't have the lineup kind of structured the exact way you want for the tenth, and so uh, you end up having Jairo Munoz be a guy that ends up batting in that spot. And so I, I just think in general that you want to get the win and the, the confidence boost for a player can only go so far because he's going to have to, at the end of the day, come through. And it just seemed like Greg Holland wasn't going to come through last night. And, and I think in advance you could have been able to, to figure that out. You know, you, you mentioned the lineup construction, and you mentioned having to run for Molina, uh, Luke Weaver having to run for Molina, because with a four-man bench, uh, when you have a player go down with injury, as Jose Martinez did last night, it's difficult to, uh, to, to guarantee that you're going to be in a position to be able to utilize those bench spots later in the game. Clearly, the Cardinals did not have that, did not have that luxury last night. Uh, what we also saw last night, though, I, I, I will say off the top that I am not a fan, generally, of the eight-man bullpen. It seems to me that especially the way the Cardinals lose it, when you have one of those eight pitchers who is largely under glass and not utilized, unless there's some sort of random emergency, uh, that you're all but wasting a spot and playing with perhaps a 23-man roster. Tonight, that could even be a 22-man roster, if you assume that one of the pitchers in the bullpen definitely can't be used, if you assume that Jose Martinez may be, un may be unavailable for this evening, though the clubhouse has not opened yet, so we're not sure what's going on with, with with that last night I think was the rare occasion where you did see the eight-man bullpen pay off a little bit because you had Sam Tuivalala who you know last night I asked Mike Matheny if, if Tui would be a guy 
who would naturally fit into the role that Mike Myers had been fitting, and he agreed that that made sense. But you had to evil out to get through two innings last night. Uh, and still, tonight, you have a fairly fresh bullpen. You have Jordan Hicks ready to go. You have Dominic Leone ready to go. And that's important because with only, left, only one left-hander in the bullpen, uh, Leone and Bud Norris are guys who are going to be used for some of those spots against left-handers. Uh, and, and, and so maybe you have some flexibility. It's, it's that balance, though, that I think the Cardinals struggle with, which last night was a rare case where that extra man in the bullpen may have paid off. But the lineup and, and the available guys off the bench are going to struggle accordingly. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that the Cardinals not making a roster move, even if Jose Martinez is on the shelf for a couple of days. Because of that eight-man bullpen, now you're talking about maybe having two non-catchers off your bench that you can use, and, and Jairo Munoz, uh, potentially Greg Garcia is one of those guys. We'll have to see exactly what they do with the, the lineup. Uh, and that, and, and Matheny said yesterday, I saw Joe Trezza uh, tweeted this out, that he, he didn't feel that that was uh, handicapping the team too badly. He's not worried about only having those couple of guys available to him. But at the same time, there are situations that, that you you know you see it last night. If that game goes any further, you're really talking about not having the, the weapons offensively uh, that you'd like to have. So I understand uh, the, the, the idea to want that eight-man bullpen, and it's certainly not anything that's going anywhere uh, because it's definitely Mike Matheny's preference, as we've seen over the last couple of years. But I, I, I'm interested to see if, if Jose is going to have to miss any amount of time what that could end up doing to the roster in, in some of these close and tight games. Yeah, and the, the particular struggle, I think, for the Cardinals with this injury to Martinez is that obviously Luke Voigt is a guy who would make sense as sort of a plug-and-play option. If Martinez was going to be five, six, seven days, maybe you just put him on the DL for 10 days so you have Voigt here and available. Uh, Luke Voigt is out with an oblique strain in Memphis, so he's not available to be called up. There's no one remaining on the 40-man roster that has any experience playing first base. Uh, so you'd be talking about either calling up a guy like Tyler O'Neill, who is crushing the ball at AAA to be sure, uh, but wouldn't have an obvious everyday spot here and would sort of be a redundancy with Harrison Bader, or you're trying to find a 40-man spot to finally get Patrick Wisdom onto that 40-man roster. Not only have they clearly been hesitant to use Wisdom here over the past few years, given that he has gone through now two Rule 5 drafts, uh, there's not really an obvious spot on the 40-man where he would fit in. And, and, and so the Cardinals are sort of hamstrung because there's really not an available first baseman to call up, even in the short term. Yeah, I definitely. And it's unfortunate timing for, 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 for Luke Voigt, as you mentioned. I'd like to see them find a way to get Patrick Wisdom some chances uh, because you'd hate to see a guy that you know does well in the minor leagues, had a good season last year with AAA Memphis, uh, but then somehow he eventually leaves the organization, whether he gets claimed eventually in one of those Rule 5 drafts or something happens, and, and you never really see it materialize. And then it's kind of like a, a Jose Martinez scenario, the way they had with the Royals, where they never really gave him a chance, and sure. then they maybe weren't aware of what they were missing out on. So I think it'd be great for them to, to do that. But like you mentioned, the, the 40-man roster does not have quite the amount of dead weight that it once did maybe a year or so ago, and and they've trimmed a lot of that off. And so I'm not, I'm not sure that you... Uh, are, are comfortable taking the uh, the risk that you, you remove somebody from that roster and they, they get claimed. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Ideally, for Martinez, he'll, he'll be able to come back in a couple of days. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be it's going to get a little dicey if it's anything beyond that. Yeah, as, as you go down the 40-man, you look at the guys who are currently on the 40-man but not active. Uh, Brett Cecil on the DL, Luke Gregerson on the DL, Ryan Sheriff on the DL, Judd Jerko on the DL. Then it's Tyler O'Neill, Oscar Mercado, Voight, Edmundo Sosa, Carson Kelly, 
uh, Mike Myers, Connor Green, Darian Gonzalez, Austin Gomber, John Gant, Jack Flaherty. So there's not really an obvious spot no. there where you'd be able to move someone off. Uh, the, the hope for the Cardinals, I think, would be that, that Jed Jerko maybe is ready to go in closer to five days than to seven. So they're able to sort of patch it together for a couple of days here uh, as they finish up the series with the Brewers and then head to Cincinnati. But that's that's not a guarantee. I know that, uh, that, that, that Michael Gersh suggested yesterday that Jerko may go down to Florida to rehab just because, you know, it's warmer there. It's harder to rehab a hamstring here in cold weather. Uh, but Jerko was asked post-game if he was going to Florida. He said, no, why am I going to Florida? Uh, so... <laughs> Maybe there's some disconnect there between between what the front office sees and what Jed sees, but maybe maybe it's a thing where he's he's pushing to be back uh, as quickly as possible, and the Cardinals will, will be able to dodge a bullet again. Uh, the clubhouse opens here in about 40 minutes, so we'll see when we get down there uh, what the situation is with Jose Martinez. I know that the Cardinals have used the same lineup one through seven in all 10 games so far this season. There's been some positional moving around with Carpenter back and forth the first to third, but uh, the same seven guys in the same seven slots. I think we can expect that to change. If nothing else, I would think that Jose Martinez certainly would be out of the lineup this evening. Yeah, it's certainly uh, for Jed Jerko, if he can come back sooner rather than later, he'd be entering a situation uh, a little different from the one that he left where he wasn't getting playing time the first couple of days of the season now there there'd be playing time aplenty especially if the the martinez thing continues to linger uh into into next week or something like that brent Suter on the mound tonight for the milwaukee brewers left hander uh what i mean what do you think the cardinals need to to get out of the out of this game this evening with a win obviously with carlos martinez on the hill for them you would hope that he can repeat uh the fantastic performance he had against the brewers last week he went eight and a third struck out 10 batters one of only two cardinals to uh to, to or one sorry, now three i should say after michaelis last night to complete six innings in the game so far this season uh i guess the challenge with carlos is going to be consistency it's sort of been the wrap on him throughout his career throughout his time here in the rotation uh what do you need to see out of martinez tonight that sort of helps the cardinals get through what might otherwise be a, uh, a difficult spot with the lineup sort of struggling. Yeah, and I, and I think Martinez is the key to this one tonight. Uh, you know, you definitely would like to think you have a pitching advantage. I, I, I wonder, though, what which which team kind of takes the advantage when, when you, in Martinez's case, just face this team, and now you're in the next turn of the rotation, you're facing them again, whether the advantage goes to uh, the pitcher or the batters. Obviously, the pitcher in this case had the most success the first time around. Uh, so, yeah, for Carlos, it's going to be get through that first inning because we've seen that typically when he does, he, he, he can put together a pretty good start. And, and when things kind of start to unravel for him early, it can be kind of hard uh, to, to find the efficiency the rest of the night and, and get through six or seven or more innings and, and a, a reasonable amount of pitches. And so, uh, you know, watch him that first inning. And, and if he looks on, looks dialed in, it's oftentimes there's, there's not much that's going to keep him uh, from, from having a successful night. But I think for the Cardinals, offensively against Suter, as you mentioned, I, and I know it's a lefty, and sometimes it seems like uh, whether it's accurate or not, proportional to reality or not, we always kind of you know, wonder about the random lefty, whether or not that's going to be a guy that can shut down the Cardinal lineup. I just think there's so much talent in this lineup, and, and even more so uh, than last year, to where I, I'm expecting that there aren't very many of those games where the Cardinals just get shut down. But lo and behold, it's already happened a couple of times this season uh, when you really just don't expect it too much. And so tonight I want to see the Cardinals score in multiple innings. I want to see them be able to to sustain rallies and, and then do it again later in the game. And I think this is a game that they should win at home. 
Uh, all, all signs, except for maybe that Jose Martinez injury, him being a guy that does crush lefties, it would hurt to have him out of the lineup. But everything else, I think, should align pretty nice for the Birds tonight. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the ability to put together some late-inning rallies. Uh, before the ninth inning last night for the Cardinals, in the, uh, in, in the first four games of this, of this homestand, excepting last night's ninth inning, they had a total of five hits after the fourth inning in the first four games of this homestand. And that sort of speaks to the way that the bats have definitely gone to sleep later in the game. And uh, that's, you know what, that that's going to be a challenge for any team, but especially when with the Cardinals, where they're still sort of trying to slot in those roles in the bullpen, you're occasionally going to have some rough outings. Dominic Leone obviously has been touched now twice uh, here, here in the early going. I think they're still trying to figure out the best way to deploy Tyler Lyons, the best, especially now with only one left-hander, uh, the best way to deploy, to deploy Jordan Hicks, though I think that people will tell you that the best way to deploy Jordan Hicks is often uh, at this point, but it is it is a challenge when you don't have uh, a lot of confidence in that late-game offense. And, you know, when you look at the numbers of, of, of the guys that are hitting sort of higher in the order, obviously the two that stand out uh, are, are Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler, both of whom are off to relatively slow starts, Carpenter especially. And, you know, again, it's been what two now, two years now with Fowler, and at least three years with Carpenter. Where early in the season he's moved out of that leadoff spot and down into a run-producing spot in the order, and isn't able to produce. I, is there is there anything to that? Is this just it's cold in St. Louis because it is it is cold down here at the ballpark? Uh, do, do we expect that that's going to improve here as maybe the sun comes out, or are we again in a position where it's time to consider what that lineup needs to look like? Yeah, I, it's so weird because there is, I mean, it's not like you can chalk it up to a small sample size at this point where Carpenter has done significantly better in the leadoff spot and particularly in the, the three-hole. He's not been very good, but to me, I, I either want it changed immediately and, and never go back because I buy into it and I think there's some kind of voodoo witchcraft to do with where he bats in the lineup, or I don't want it changed ever. I want them to write it through because Matt Carpenter is not going to hit you know, 143 or wherever he's at right now for the full season. He's just not going to do that. And so I don't, I want to either put it to bed with the leadoff thing, or I want to just say, yep, we buy into it and let's go ahead and change it now. Uh, because we're, we're just deciding that mentally or whatever the case is, that's the kind of hitter he's got to be. I don't think that's the case. And I think when you hear him talk about it himself, I tend to believe him when, when he said it's, it's kind of coincidental sometimes. And, you know, you go on some slumps and you go on some hot streaks, and those have happened to coincide with when he moves in the lineup. I, it's it's hard to ignore the amount of evidence that continues to mount, but that's what I say. I'd rather just say go ahead and succumb to it or never do, and and literally just be hard headed about it and say if he's still hitting 189 in September, then you know we've we've got a full season of proof to show you that he can't hit anywhere but leadoff. Otherwise, I just say, you know, ride with it because I, uh, he's too good of a hitter to continue to struggle. And you mentioned with Fowler, too, that when people are asking, you know, we're, we're 10 games into the season and the Cardinals are a couple of games below 500, and, and people are saying, oh, here we go, it's last year all over again. This isn't a playoff team, just like last year wasn't a playoff team. They didn't do enough, et cetera, et cetera. I, I look at that and say, I mean, that's possible for me to, for me to tell you that it's not and that that opinion is totally invalid would not be – very fair because it's certainly possible that's the kind of team they look like now a couple games below 500 so maybe that's the team that they are but I still think that this team is better than that because of the names in that lineup and the fact that they're not going to continue to to struggle as much as as they have in the case of some of the bigger names so uh, I, I feel like the lineup 
you know, it's going to be something that's talked about a lot. I just think in general, I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know what it is. But the guys are going to have to warm up because you look at up and down this lineup, the top seven spots, especially the names of these players, you kind of know what they can do and what they're capable of. And if they do that, I still feel like this Cardinal team is a playoff team. But, yeah, it, it, when it's not happening, there's going to be that desire to, to say, hey, let's tinker with the lineup, which is, is natural for fans to talk about. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned the names, and that's that's the exact same way I feel about it. I look out there, and you look at the way that, that lineup is stacked up. There's, I think, you know, one through eight in that lineup, you're looking at guys who conceivably, each of them, you can see a scenario where they would make an all-star team this this yeah, season. And, yeah. and, and, and so it's frustrating to watch them uh, not be able to, not be able to, to, to consistently put rallies together later in the games. It, it, in the same way, the bullpen, you know, when you look at the component parts of it, the bullpen really does look impressive. Holland's start out, Holland, Holland's appearance, I should say, was obviously rough last night, but you have him at the back end of that bullpen. You know, Bud Norris, the guy who put up 20 saves for the Angels last year and has looked really good here in the early going. Leone had a fantastic season for the Blue Jays last year. Jordan Hicks has thrown the eight hardest pitches in all of MLB so far this season. There are so many names up across the lineup in the bullpen uh, that it is, it's it's a little bit befuddling to, to, to figure out why they've been so inconsistent in the early goings. Yeah, the one concern that I, I would start to have is just wondering if Dominic Leone can, can get it on track because I, I think he can be a really good pitcher and he was pretty good last season for the Blue Jays. But when you look back a couple of years ago when he was having some mechanical issues and then and then had an injury, he was, he was out of the major leagues for a, about a two-year period. And, and prior to that, had just been completely rocked after a good uh, rookie season. And then even in AAA, uh, as he was trying to make his way back, he wasn't pitching that well. So if that's something that's, that's creeping up, whether it's a mechanical thing, because I know he said uh, after that second game where he struggled uh, already this season that he, he was not feeling uh, right about, about some of his pitches and, and the way uh, things were going in that regard. So I hope that he can put that together because, again, you mentioned it, it, it when, when you read the list on paper, and we always talk about on paper, and that's why they play the games. But on paper, this should be a good bullpen and a good lineup, and and then you you, you get what you can get from your starting rotation, and and you get a guy like Alex Reyes back, and this could be a good team. But yeah, they they've got to go out and do it at some point. Alrighty, well, I got to get down to the clubhouse and get this going for this evening. We'll go ahead and get you wrapped up on locked on St. Louis Cardinals here. For our uh, our inaugural episode here this afternoon, uh, Brendan. Before we let you go, tonight's game, Carlos Martinez is the key. What do you see? Uh, what do you see playing out this evening? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's see. I think Carlos has a pretty fine start. I don't think it's quite what he did last time. Uh, the Brewers have seen him, and so they might be able to get a couple of runs off him. I'll say he'll go six plus innings and give up two runs. And I will say the Cardinals get back in the win column tonight. They are able to score in multiple innings. And they, they end up uh, with a 5-3 win, I want to say. The bullpen gives up a run, but but not enough to, to cause this one to turn sour uh, for St. Louis. All righty. This first episode, we'll have it posted up here just in a little bit. Once that's done, the, uh, the streams will be available for you on iTunes, on Stitcher, everywhere else that you find your fantastic uh, podcasting Material, so we are we are thrilled to be able to do this for you this season. We'll be at the uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be at the ballpark here all summer long, bringing you uh, bringing you this podcast here covering the St. Louis Cardinals for Brendan Schaefer. My name is Jeff Jones. This is Locked On St. Louis Cardinals. Brendan, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right, can't wait for tomorrow. There we go. We'll keep you uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep you in touch tomorrow. We'll get you we'll get you back covered over tomorrow night's game as well. Until then, this has been Locked On St. Louis Cardinals.